Hello again, and welcome back to the Slow Flowers Podcast with Deborah Prinzing, episode 536. This is the weekly podcast about slow flowers and the people who grow and design with them. It's all about making a conscious choice, and I invite you to join the conversation and the creative community as we discuss the vital topics of saving our domestic flower farms and supporting a floral industry that relies on a safe, seasonal, and local supply of flowers and foliage. This show is brought to you by slowflowers.com, the free online directory to more than 880 florists, shops, and studios who design with local, seasonal, and sustainable flowers, and to the farms that grow those blooms. It's the conscious choice for buying and sending flowers. And thank you to our lead sponsor for 2021, Farm Girl Flowers. Farm Girl Flowers delivers iconic burlap wrap bouquets and lush, abundant arrangements to customers across the U.S., supporting more than 20 U.S. flower farms by purchasing more than $9 million of U.S.-grown fresh and seasonal flowers and foliage annually. Discover more at farmgirlflowers.com. Our first sponsor, thanks, goes to Longfield Gardens, which provides home gardeners with high-quality flower bulbs and perennials. Their online store offers plants for every region and every season, from tulips and daffodils to dahlias, caladium, and amaryllis. Check out the full catalog at Longfield Gardens. That's longfield-gardens.com. Our episodes this month have included a series of studio tours with holiday decor demonstrations, and today you'll be treated to another inspiring visit. I'm delighted to welcome Polly and Mike Hutchison, owners of Robin Hollow Farm in Saunderstown, Rhode Island. I first met Polly and Mike in 2012 when the annual Association of Specialty Cut Flower Growers Conference was held in Tacoma, close to me. I had donated a feature article to the auction for the ASCFG Foundation, and Polly was one of the successful bidders. The following year, in August of 2013, I was on the East Coast and invited myself to visit Robin Hollow Farm. I had literally just started the Slow Flowers podcast the month before, and I proposed that the three of us record a conversation for an episode. Polly and Mike were gracious hosts. As I not only stayed with them at Robin Hollow Farm, they also toured me around as they harvested and delivered flowers. And I have to say it was a pivotal visit for me and really influenced my understanding of what was possible for a viable enterprise based on local floral agriculture. In what feels like a Where Are They Now segment, I connected virtually with Polly and Mike last week to celebrate their new retail venture. Robin Hollow Flowers is located in Providence, about 25 minutes away from the farm, but much closer to their subscribers and to their farmer's markets. I asked them to give us a tour of Robin Hollow Flowers and discuss the evolution of their business to add retail. As a holiday bonus, Polly shared her design skills and created a signature wild and colorful holiday wreath. You'll be sure to pick up some tips on a wide range of topics from managing growth to building infrastructure to seeking funding from the USDA. Let's jump right in and welcome Polly and Mike Hutchison of Robin Hollow Farm and Robin Hollow Flowers. So excited to have our, my very special guests, Polly and Mike Hutchison of Robin Hollow Farm. They're coming to us from Providence, Rhode Island. Hi, Polly. Hi, Mike. Hey, hey this is this is a reunion. 
uh, for those of you who have, are longtime listeners of the Slow Flowers podcast, you may recall episode 104, which was our fifth baby episode, and I, we were all sitting together at your farm having a wonderful conversation that we recorded, and um, I think people need to go back and listen to that. So <laughs> seven years later, I finally catch up with you again <laughs> say, let's let's see what you're up to. Uh, so uh, anyway, thanks for saying yes. And in the midst of holiday festivities, we see the sparkling lights and greenery behind you. Tell us where you are because you're not on your farm. Nope, we are not. We are in our brand new space in Providence. Um, and we're super excited to be uh, broadcasting from here. Um, it's a tiny bit echoey, so apologize for that. It's a uh, 2,700 square foot space in a building that's owned by Farm Fresh Rhode Island, which is um, mostly concerned with um, getting food across the state to folks who need it and folks who just want it. And um, so they've kind of created this maker space here. Um, there's a woman doing fermented hot sauces. There's ice cream. There's, you know, a coffee roaster. There's all different stuff. So it's a brand, brand new building. And uh, Robin Hall Farm gets to be part of it. Yeah, and local flowers. I mean, why wouldn't you want to be in that space? Yep. That's awesome. Yep. Wow. So, um, Mike, you uh, have been farming for how long? <laughs> <laughs> I know I'm asking you this early in the morning. Uh, <laughs> it's, getting over, it's over 30 now. I'm sorry to say. Did, okay. Well, I knew. I know you're. I know you're a very experienced farmers, both of you. Yeah, and, we started before it was trendy. Yes. Yeah. You were slow before slow existed, and I, I, I pay homage to you. The reason we I did vegetables. We did vegetables here. We, I did vegetables out in California for a while. Kind of worked on some different farms to learn the tricks of the trade, and sold into the Bay Area back in the '80s, which was a really eye-opening, great time to be selling produce into the Bay Area. I bet. And then came back to Rhode Island and met Polly, and we started our, started a vegetable CSA program at a historic farm in, in Saunderstown called Casey Farm. And then wanted our own place and do it our own thing, and we got into flowers with Robin Hollow Farm. That's the yeah. short end of the story. It's well, much longer than that. And get this: there was literally <clears throat> nobody doing full time cut flowers at all in the entire state. So. Um, we were like, well, there's room in this market. So yeah, you're the yeah. originals. We had the been members of ASCFG for, I don't know, probably three or four years at that point, which is the association of specialty cut flower mm -hmm. growers. Mm -hmm. And, and um, weren't you both, aren't you both past presidents or directors? I was, was a president. <laughs> yeah. You paid your, you paid your dues, but you Not paid at your the same time. It was separate, time. Separate, separate administration. Oh yeah. 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 There was no nepotism going on. No way. No. Well, the reason I teed up Mike with that surprise question is, I guess I wanted to say, did you ever envision having a retail space? I mean, that's sort of coming full circle to where you are after all those you know, many decades. Was retail ever in the mix for you? You know, we always flirted with it. Um, there's Mike and I love being farmers. We absolutely love having our hands in the soil, but we also love city life and um, city energy. And so we always thought about, you know, oh, are we going to do this little jewel box of a, of a retail store in the city? And um, all that was very tempting. Well, we drive by, <laughs> we drive by a quaint little brick building and say, oh, that'd make a nice flower shop or that'd make a nice flower shop. But, but we, never took the, we never took the leap and, um, until this year. And this is different than what we envisioned. That's for sure. It's way bigger and, uh, and, 
and what all that. I think what 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 this all grew out of is the whole is COVID. To be honest, wow. Um, last year in 2020, we had we lost a 200 dollars worth of wedding business. Oh, and, mostly um, just moved, but yeah, mostly moved to 2021. Right, but we had a huge hole in our in our operation that we had to fill. So we. The farmers markets were hot because people could go to the farmers market. It was some place they could go and still see their friends outside. And our farmers market sales went up. We also started a home delivery program, and that really took off. And um, so that built the business. That's how we filled in the lack of weddings last year. Well, this mm-hmm. year we had all that. We kept all that going. Farmers markets were still super popular. We kept our delivery program, but then we brought in all the 21 weddings and all the 2020 weddings. And we are, we were at capacity in our little studio. We Friday afternoons in our studio, we're getting ready for two farmers markets and um, three weddings the next day. It's just, it's too much. We didn't have enough cooler space. We didn't have enough storage space. We didn't have enough workspace. And we Honest, we didn't have enough land either. That is another challenge we're still trying to yeah. figure out. But this place met two of those spaces. It has plenty of room, and we could have put a big 10 by 16 foot cooler in, and uh, that's helping a lot. So. Wow. So, um, when did you actually open your doors? And, um, like, what was that arc? Have you been working on this for months? Because um, you had to probably re- refine and finish the space, right? Was it raw right. space? It was a it was a brand new building, so there was build out. We've been open uh, like a month and two days. Oh wow! It's very very new. Wow. So um, and for what, those of your of your audience that don't know us, we we've only owned two and a half acres. Okay. Our house is on that. Yeah. And we lease another four, and so we're just we're a very very small farm. We grow a ton of flowers, and uh, we really love serving our local markets, but a lot of our customers are up here in Providence. So when it came to adding processing space, it kind of made sense to come up here. So uh, what's the drive from Saunderstown to Providence? It's about 25 minutes okay. if you don't get stuck in traffic. <laughs> I mean, I remember when I visited you and I went with, with you, Polly, um, to, I, I, you were doing a million things that day. You were delivering to Flores. You went and set up for the farmer's market. And then we went to one of the yachts at the, um, at the marina to deliver flowers. And I was just like, my head was spinning, but you're right. You're doing all of this off of um, minimal acreage and you probably, you know, you're at capacity in terms of growing probably. Right. We're getting there. Yeah. yeah no, we are definitely. There. Yeah. We're, we've, uh, we've adjusted our, some of our crop lists, you know, for things mm-hmm. that are high value. Um, mm-hmm. Land prices in Rhode Island are really sky high. Land is just outrageous. So we, when we tried to, when we went to buy this place, we decided back then that we just buy a small piece, have our infrastructure there, our coolers, our workspace, our higher priced perennial plants, our greenhouses, and then we just lease some land trust land, and that's worked out for 15, 15 years, years until yeah. the last couple where we're just kind of maxing out. So mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. We, need, we have better crop rotations, uh, you know. Galleries are so popular these days that uh, we need to. Um, and they're lit. Yeah, they need they need more land too. Yeah. Well, I wish you luck on that front. And when we talked a couple of weeks ago, you said that you're actively searching for more property, right? Yep. Yeah, and it'll come. You know, yeah. between but between leasing and buying, we'll find something. I'm. Mm-hmm. 
you know, I'm confident. We have a really good network. We have plenty of things to do right now. <laughs> and we have plenty well, of things. Well, yeah, let, let's talk about the, the shop. <laughs> so I saw a really cute storefront photo that you posted on Instagram this week. Um, it's great that you have a storefront. So talk about where you're located and like, is, is it, you know, um, a good, good place for foot traffic, that sort of thing? Is it, you know, what's, what are all the highlights of, of this retail space? So the area that we're in reminds me a little bit of, of one of your sponsors, the Seattle Growers Market. Yeah, and yeah. Um, I was there when it was just, for, you know, first opening. And so it was, it's a little rough around the edges around here, a lot of old mills. Um, but it's very much up and coming. There's more um, live work spaces happening here. There's a lot of businesses moving in. Um, it feels like a really great foot in the door. Yeah, it's in an, an up and coming neighborhood, it sounds like, Absolutely. for art artisans and, then, and makers. The nonprofit that owns the building runs the winter market in the hallways of this building. So Basically, all those summer markets shut down, and then this is really the, almost the only show in town, and so it's super popular. So our, we knew we had a guaranteed Saturday business. Right. That's year-round, actually. They, mm -hmm. they started, they opened it up to year-round last summer. So. That's right. brilliant. That's right. So then you're kind of establishing this, this habitual customer that will come and see what you've got. Exactly. Wow. Exactly. Plus, we have all of our loyal customers from the last 15 years, so. So um, does this give you an opportunity to kind of have an off, I hate to use the word off season, but a, a different cycle, I guess, of, of revenue? Because it looks like behind, as I'm seeing, lots of plants, some amaryllis, some poinsettias. <laughs> give us a little, a little yep. spin. Um, so yeah, so this is the retail space. Uh, just we kind of, we set this whole thing up to be flexible mm -hmm. so we can move this retail space smaller or larger. So it's pretty large right now because of the holidays, right? Oh, so wow. There's our big front windows. Oh, wow. That's and, wonderful. Uh, set yeah. up so nicely. Absolutely. And so it's, it's almost like this modular, um, environment so that in, I mean, I can see this thing filled with with all your beautiful annuals and, uh, you know, groovy summer dahlias that, that would just explode out of the front there. Yeah. And we've got some drives from, you know, stuff that we dry this year. Um, we do a lot of plant rentals for weddings. Okay. So um, some of those are now finding permanent homes. <laughs> you can see the the formal uh, topiary right behind <laughs> But some, somebody's going to want that for their, you know? No, no, you know, we've had people take some of these homes uh, to be alternate Christmas trees too, which is, I love. It makes me super Oh my happy. gosh. So I knew that we were going to be opening in November, which is not the best time to be opening a uh, local flower shop, correct? Right. So <laughs> right. We, we did do a lot more drying this summer and that's something we're trying to build up in the future. And then um, because of our, we had empty greenhouses in this heat of the summer. So we bought in a bunch of small tropicals plugs and we grew on some tropical house planty kind of things. And just trying to keep having something in the space that we can, can move through the holidays and even through the winter as well. So that's so smart. Wow. That's, it's like, yeah, you know how to grow. So you might as well grow house plants instead of, I mean, yes, you can buy them wholesale, but you're getting a better price if you're right. you know, and they're, growing on. No, they're raised here. Which is, you know, that's really our mission is to have as much Rhode Island as possible. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, and then failing that U.S. grown, you know, your yeah. knows the drill. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the thing is, your brand is already synonymous with local Rhode Island grown. So you're just bringing it to people in a different format. And in this space, you said something to me about it's going to have like flexibility for workshops, right? How, how, how do you envision using it for that? 
we have already started. We are doing our third wreath making workshop this evening, which um, will be last week by the time people see this. <laughs> and um, so we have this, the ceilings here are 15 feet high. We have fans, we have just awesome airflow. It's big enough for people to be six feet away from each other. So mm -hmm. Yeah, it's spacious. To be able to host um, classes again, because it's been a couple of years. So we've, we've done one flower arranging class. And like I said, we're doing three wreath making classes. Then we're going to get Mike up on the podium and do some houseplant, care of your houseplant classes, uh, that kind of thing. So That'll fill January for you, Mike. <laughs> that's our goal. That's our goal. Yeah. I don't want to fill January too much. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's your downtime. Well, we um, planning to do. <laughs> back, to, back to your point about the population um, being dense in, in, in Providence is probably the largest one of the largest cities in the state. And are a lot of your weddings there? I mean, is that why you wanted to have production closer uh, to, you know, just reduce the wear and tear on, you know, your little engine that could back in Saundertown? The weddings are actually mostly near the water. So okay. Providence is at the top of a really large, beautiful estuary bay. Um, and so, and what we have in Rhode Island is this amazing amazing huge amount of gorgeous houses on the water so that's where a lot of the weddings are um all around the bay and so we'll still be running a lot of our wedding stuff out of Saunderstown. okay more for the farmer's market production and the home delivery which those customers are mainly up here oh i see okay so i flipped it around no you're doing fine yeah no no that's <laughs> great um okay so um, um we talked earlier uh, about the, the grant that you participated in that helped in some ways um, achieve this, I mean, it sounds like a lot of wonderful, like harmonic convergences happened, that the space became available and you had the foresight to figure out how to finance it. Can you talk a little bit about the grant and how yeah. that all came together? I'd love to. The grant, the, the grant that we are talking about is a USDA grant from the, it's called the Value Added Produ Producer Grant. And so like the classic example they always use is if you grow strawberries and you make jam, they will help pay for the marketing, you know, some of all the stuff around that. Because really you're making a value, you're adding a value to the commodity. Value. Okay. Right. So when it comes to the cut flower world, that's making bouquets, making arrangements. Um, the, the dried actually would also qualify. Um, and there, with COVID and that influx of money, um, to try and help businesses like get going and, and adapt. Yes. Um, they really increased the funding to this grant. Um, and they also took it from, it always had been a one-to-one -one match. So if you spent a hundred thousand, you could get up to a hundred thousand kind of idea. Um, and they reduced the match requirement. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so what's the cycle? Like, did you apply for this in 2020? We applied for that this April and we found oh out. Oh my gosh. And yeah, you found was, out when? In October. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We, signed we, were, we signed the lease, we signed in July. The lease beforehand <laughs> because we were like, you know what? We're doing this project. I mean, it was, this grant was super easy to write because we knew what we wanted to do and we knew, um, we knew the math was going to work out regardless. And what the grant did for us was make us feel, um, like somebody had our back a little bit, like, mm -hmm. you know, because the economy is so wonky. Mm -hmm. Right. <laughs> So we feel like, okay, so, you know, we can just go for, like, we slept better at night because of the, yeah. let's put it yeah. that way, right? Yeah. So basically, um, it's a super complicated, unpleasantly complicated grant. It's the worst grant I've ever written in my life as far as, like, 
Now what are they asking for? You know, right. that sort you of said thing. It wasn't, you said it was simple, but our concept is simple. Our concept the application was process was complicated. No. So <laughs> yeah, I, I, beautiful flower farmer out there, um, definitely have your ducks in a row and get some help from the local um, like small business development folks will help you. Uh, in our case, we had the Rhode Island Food Council. Um, they were they had helped other people write that grant, and so they helped us as well. Um, just look for your resources. Is on. So, so back to so the easy part was you had a concept and you you had a, your own business plan and you knew what you had to achieve. The hoops were and the hard part was just fitting that into this paperwork that USDA required. Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's a, I mean it's awesome. I'm so grateful for this grant, but it just has a lot of parts. Is it um, for a number of years or how how no, will it it's run? Over three years. Okay. So we're gonna, we're gonna uh, it's gonna be. Um, a quarter of a million dollars over three years. Okay. Um, it's going to really, really make a huge difference. So so what are we using it for? What are we using it for? <laughs> yeah, Mike, come do the interview with me. <laughs> you have to spend the money to, and then they reimburse you, A. So you yeah. have a little bit of cash in the, in the account. But um, so we're redoing our website this, this winter, soup to nuts, making it way easier for people to order subscriptions. You know, we've got in the bigger cities, they have things like, uh, you know, some of these... Um, bouquet, national bouquet people. Yes, yes. Uh, and so um, we want, Mike and I were just like, no, we want to own that space before anybody decides to move to province. So <laughs> that's really what's at the heart of the grant is just, you know, reaching out to our businesses, reaching out to individuals and, um, and just doing more home delivery because that's what we're all doing. I don't know yeah. about you, but I order more from home than I ever have before. Yes. Yeah. So, how, so your website has um, that e-commerce component now, but you're just going to soup it up and it has it has a, a hastily put together e-commerce from November, you know, November 2020. Yeah. We rented up in 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 a joined Shopify. You know, it's 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 good but it's going to be so much better with a professional designer. We redid our website right before COVID hit to this beautiful wedding based website <laughs> and all these beautiful wedding pictures and then COVID hit and we were not ready for the, uh, for the amount of commerce. The online commerce. Part. Right. Right. Wow. Yeah. Well that, that also justifies, you know, the grant too. You could demonstrate the demand. Yeah, exactly. And, and then another part for us that's really important is we have a super, um, I'm sure you guys do too. Affordable housing is a huge issue. Yeah. And um, so most of most of our employees actually live here in Providence. So we are hoping with having our space up here that folks who don't that can't like our our employees are so badass. They drive a half an hour down and back every single day. Traffic, beach traffic, the whole nine yards. And their dedication is just amazing. And I love them. But, you know, with this space up here, maybe we can get some other folks who don't have the resources to have their own car, et cetera. And you can create opportunities for employees in the city. Exactly. Yeah, yep. that's awesome. Yeah. Well, wow. That's part of it too. Well, um, what is the who does the deliveries right now? We have delivery drivers uh -huh. that do our routes for our regular subscriptions. Mm -hmm. We um, we also we, jump we in on big in. days and <laughs> fill in. Yeah. People yeah. on the way home from work. And yeah. Yeah. So. I mean, that's just that's just. Uh, part of the drill and it's probably as you grow you're probably going to come up with even different systems for yeah. we do we're lucky because we have these big beautiful vans for the wedding business and so it was really we were really in a great place for doing home delivery during the week that's a really good point so um what happened with weddings in 2021 did they rebound uh, polly were you still making oh, yeah. three bouquets for three weddings a weekend <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, we're never doing that many weddings again ever. Wow. Wow. <laughs> because all our beautiful people had to move their weddings and we had already booked a bunch for 2021. And so we were just like, yeah, stacked we'll squeeze up. It in. Yeah, we'll squeeze it in. Oh, geez. And, uh, you know, I did some of the best work in my life in 2021. I feel so blessed. Um, but it was it was pretty intense. And by the end of October, my lead designer and I were exhausted. <laughs> so, so how do you divide, do you pretty much divide like, uh, the growing and the design services and now you're kind of equally like, Mike, are you really running the growing side of things or do you guys do it together? No, we, we, we definitely talk about varieties and planting dates and all that kind of stuff together. We all, in the wintertime, we all pow out with, with both teams and, but there is definitely a farm team and a design team and Got we it. cross over on certain things, but, um, um, we definitely, go our different directions most mm -hmm. days. Mm -hmm. And then, and then Polly running the design side of things that just continued to grow. So it sounds like you've even had to add other designers to work with you. For sure. Absolutely. Yeah. But we're going to shrink it back down a little bit this year, just because of this whole space. Yeah. Detail takes a lot of energy. Yeah. It's interesting. Get some balance. <laughs> uh, where's the cot in the back room? <laughs> <laughs> what what are your hours? Are you seven days a no? Wait, how many days a week are you? Eight. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I believe it. No, right now we are for the holidays. We're open Wednesday through Saturday. Okay. So and it's just Wednesday afternoon. Wednesday, you know, afternoons during the week, and then that during Saturday during that farmers market that we talked about. Um, and then we'll take a little nap in January yeah. and just close down altogether. Yeah. Um, and then um, we'll be back for Valentine's Day. We're probably going to do a grand opening in April when okay. our farm flowers are really banging. Oh, fabulous. That's yeah. awesome. Well, when we run this um, as the podcast, you know, I'll do a blog post and I'd love to get some photos from you of maybe one of your favorite weddings from uh, 2021 that we can share and, um, you know, kind of bring love people, that. yeah, show, show <laughs> off that aesthetic. Well, um, I asked you what you were making in the shop these uh, days. You have alluded to the Reese, um, but you said you'd be willing to do a little demo for us. So should we switch over to that? For sure. Oh, good. Okay. We'll, uh, we'll uh, change locations and be right back. Okay. We've moved to the back of this giant retail space and it's just showing how versatile it is. This is sort of the production space, right? Correct. Yeah. And it's all one big room. Um, the, the electricians and the uh, painters and everything, they loved us because they're like, this is the simplest build out of the entire building. <laughs> so we have a little storage back here and then there's our cooler. What did you say it was? 16 by 20? Uh, 10 by 16. 10 by 16. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. And then, uh, we've got all of our benches that we use for our classes and our 17 foot triple bay sink. Oh my goodness. That's awesome. And then, uh, I come back to the retail spaces after. Mm, I like that. You know, the plants are a nice uh, little screen there for you. Yeah. Yeah, and we use some of our wedding arches to kind of create doorway a doorway from one to the other. So those, the challenges, those challenges were in the, the back door to our studio leads out to the rest of the hall. So our customers are coming through our workspace to get into our resale space during the farmer's market. But uh, Yeah, some come in through the front door, some come in through the back door, but... Just to keep the back door, back room tidy, which is makes it's kind cool. of like that, you know, sneaking through the kitchen at a restaurant, and you're always so, you know, it's it's exciting. I mean, yeah. people yeah. are seeing you doing Do the designs, right? Yeah, yep. that's awesome. Yep. So, um, Polly, you um, have been 
you mentioned you've had some wreath workshops and a few more in the month of December. This, these tables allow you to have, like how many people would come take a workshop? We are, um, we are holding to 21 as our max, just cause that way, you know, if it wasn't, if it wasn't so germy, we could yeah. have more. That's, what That's still doing. a good size class. <laughs> yeah, it is. It's this only so our what do you have there? Is this one that you've made? So what we do is we're using all local greens here. And um, this is just kind of our, our sort of base product. So this is what the folks who come to our wreath making class get as at each of their spots. Um, this one actually has a little bit more cedary stuff in it. But um, they are decorating with fern fronds and cones and various other greens. Um, some of them use dried flowers. We're really kind of letting them go for it and no mm -hmm. two come out the same. And it, it, if you have any teaching inclination at all, it is a really, really fun way to um, enjoy the holidays a little bit more because their joy and their happiness for being here is just catching. <laughs> and, and and I have to say, you've done you've yeah. done the hard part because you've made all those little um, bundles and attached them to the frame, and um, yeah, they're not frustrated because it's kind of if you haven't done it before, it's probably a little just time consuming and laborious. Right, and they start out with something that's symmetrical, and then they can take it to asymmetry if they want to. Mm. You know, we we, we kind of make it in a, a simple enough thing that everybody can just take off. Some people yeah. are adding magnolia. Some people are adding whatever. Yeah. Long, uh, the, the dried flowers were a nice addition this year. We never had that many flowers dried to offer them to put in these, and they're they almost most folks are putting a little something like that in there. Yeah, so, it's pretty Yeah, and that's smart because then they start becoming a, you know, seeing you as a resource for dried flowers and exactly you know, year long. Right. So, so so you're going to do a little demo for us. Yep. So this is one of our most popular wreaths, and you know they're they're hardly ever. I'm, I hate doing the same thing over and over again. So, <laughs> so they're all a little bit different, but we do have a few different styles that we have up on our website. So this is what, um, what we call the wild and colorful. So we have this really beautiful fur um, that's kind of blue on the back. Yeah, yeah. And then green on the front. So that's there's so a nice contrast there. Um, so we kind of use this. Um, and then we have um, gold thread. This oh yeah, camisiparis, <laughs> Yeah, thank you. I love that. Um, we this is from our border, and it's just like they're getting. We have two, and they're getting a little bossy now, so they <laughs> we just kind of cut them back every December. <laughs> so this is all from your property, then, except for this. Yep, yeah, this is the Carolina sapphire that we bring in from Florida. Oh wow! Just to give people well, a little textures and colors. Yep, I do. I would love some winterberry, and then we also grow our own um, dogwood, curly willow, and um, winterberry. So we have some pretty established plantings at this point, and so we will use those as well. Mm -hmm. So um, you're both you're selling finished wreaths, and then also the doing the. Exactly. And then we'll also sell people the bases if they want to decorate at home. You know, mm. say they have a lot of shrubs in their border, for example. Yeah. So, so, um, so you're using, are you using one of those wire wreaths? I see the big one behind to your right. Yeah. So this oh, okay. is as I'm doing today. This is actually for a customer. This size here, we will do on our uh, wreath machine, which is back here. Right. Right. Just Helco in Maine. And it's, it's not cheap, but if, if you make a lot of wreaths, it probably pays for itself in a hot minute. So. Wow. Yeah. 
That sounds, yeah, and I, I would imagine just, just for saving time, that's exactly. in your hands. Yeah. Exactly. I said, is it Ilex or Winterberry? It is an Ilex. It's a deciduous one. So all the um, leaves have fallen off. We also grow an orange one that we have to defoliate by hand for Thanksgiving. And so I think, I think I remember that, that, that this was sort of a hot introduction uh, uh, several years ago that was bred in Holland. And now are yeah. you getting, how do you get it? Is it in plugs? We bought in, I think like six inch pots okay. 10 years ago. So it was, um, and now they're big. Long time. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, it's, it, what's nice about it is then you just keep making the money. So, yeah. Yeah, that's isn't that what they call permaculture? <laughs> that's what they call permaculture. So for those of you who haven't haven't made reads before, I've just kind of attached my wire to the frame here with just a little twist. It doesn't take okay. much. And you have and your wire on a spool. I do because that's okay. how I like to work. The important thing to remember is that you always go the same way. It doesn't matter if you go counterclockwise or clockwise, you just gotta remember what you started with. And I'm yeah. just gonna start that. And what we're going for here is a pretty loose look. So you can see that I've got my sapphire. I've got some of that backwards. Actually, I'm going to do it flip. And then I've got some of this um, yellowy, yellowy. Mm -hmm. So we call this wreath the wild and colorful. I love it. I love it. So your um, sprays are pretty long. Those are like eight to 10 inches then. Is that what gives you a fuller look? We basically do two sizes. Mike, do you want to grab those two buckets? One goes one way and those two crates. Um, we take, we get the boughs from Chris, from like a Christmas tree farm. And so they're pruning out whatever isn't working for them. And then we process it. So we basically have two sizes and this is your standard lily crate. So okay. this is about 12. And that one's more like a 24. Oh, interesting. So smart. And this, you know, so this will be for the bigger bees. Yeah. But also if we're really trying to do something a little bit um, cray cray. Yeah. So yeah. the just that's just showing the efficiency of your expertise as as growers and designers. You get all that prepped so that so that then the production is faster or it's easier for the students because you pre-cut these. Recruited to process because we have to take these longer boughs of fruit tree down into these smaller pieces. So break them down. Is a good definition. It's really like they don't have to wonder if they're doing it right. Yeah, you know? I love it. And we all, you know, we all love to think, but we all love not having to think about every single thing all the time. You know, you don't want to have decision fatigue about how long to cut the <laughs> fur about. Plus these students are, it's a social hour for them too when they come, right? Very, very, very much so. Yeah. yeah. In fact, tonight we have a group of about eight people that are like in banking and, and accounting and they're, um, they came two years ago. They're, they're full of beans. Yeah, but now they're but now you're closer to the city where they you know can come and go go have dinner and then come or vice versa and uh, yeah it's hopefully it's, not too many cocktails no no but I like the fact that you you mentioned before we started recording that you had just made a giant wreath for a, a hotel so you do have some of these custom orders coming in from local businesses absolutely yep <clears throat> the biggest we've made is six feet around so um, that gets a little heavy. What's the base on that? Um, just a big wire frame. You can buy frames like that. Yep. Yep. Wow. That's in great. that case, um, a five foot frame. Yeah. So that, that made that made it look six feet when you were done. Exactly. 
Exactly. Polly, I love watching you work. You're just, um, I, I'm, I'm, I'm just confident. I like the confidence of the size. Like I would have been cutting little four inch pieces, but it's the larger pieces of what is going to give that thing volume. Also, right. So we're going for something that's, um, I believe this one's a 14 inch ring. And so we're going to wind up with something that's 28 inches across. And yeah. this one, we're not going for symmetry. You know, yeah. that's not, um, we can do that. And when we do that, um, just for your, just, yeah, there's, there's the big one. <laughs> I love it. Um, yeah. You need the machine. I, I thought you needed a machine for the other big one, but this one is must be like a two person job. Well, it's only at the end when you got to move it around. Yeah. I love it. Um, so anyway, so this is basically just what you're doing. You're just, yeah. The biggest thing that I would just say if somebody hasn't done it before is just to remember your pattern, you know, like it almost doesn't matter what your pattern is, but the best trees have some kind of some balance. some kind of pattern, at least as the underlay, even if you go and take off on one side of it a little bit, it has that pleasing circle, you know, right. um, you're kind of like doing the. You're doing like the blue, the blue, then the green, then the yellow, and then you're starting, oh, and you're tucking in the the berries, and then you're starting over again. Exactly. When we're really cranking out reeds, we make, we take bread trays and just uh, do bunches. Someone just does bunches and puts them on bread trays. So if you've ever worked in a machine, they don't have to figure out their bunches. They're already figured out for them. The machine just keeps going. It's more of an assembly line. It's a little less right. in that regard, but it really gets gets things cranked out the door faster. Especially we're making and, 21 reeds of the same kind for each class. Because um, those have to be fairsies. You know, people... Yes. They don't so want their true. name to have a wreath in them. So true. I love it. Wow, <laughs> that's great. So um, will you be... Do you think you'll be um, fulfilling wreath demand, you know, for another, like, till the middle of December? Or I think so. Yeah. yeah, that seems to always be our, we're, we're real busy from um, Thanksgiving to the middle of December, and then we really start to slow down. And we have a, a firm policy, have for years, of, we just, um, we quit for the winter solstice. Uh-huh. Just stay closed until January. Like That's 100 wonderful. Phone orders, nothing. That's um, wonderful. Because without balance, just, yeah, we already do yeah. too many things, so we just have to you stop. Do. Yeah. You do. I admire that. That's a good, that's a good, uh, sentiment to wrap up on. And, and, uh, don't feel like you have to finish this Polly. I think it's a really, uh, fun to watch your process. I, I, I can't believe like you are just making it look like you've sat there and studied this pattern, but it's just so intuitive to you. You just know what to grab next. It's not, whoops. It's not my first rodeo. So. Oh my God. That's gorgeous. Well, maybe we'll see that on your Instagram feed. You might just. You All might right. Just. All right. I am so proud of both of you. And I love really having this chance to see you in your in your element, in your new space. Um, what a great story. When uh, you do your debut or your big launch in April, let's make sure we, we post and share about that and um, uh, celebrate what you've achieved, friends. You're amazing. I just have one more thing I got to say. I just really want to thank you for promoting solo flower, flowers all over the country and all over the, the semi-continent here. And uh, Thanks. I, just, it's, I remember when you first did your first book. I've got them all on my shelf. We met in 2012. I remember that. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> 
been a joy to watch Slow Flowers grow. Oh, thank you. Thank, for being, for, thank you for being part of it as leaders. And I wish we saw each other more often, but maybe now that we're coming out of COVID, we'll, I'll get myself a, a visit down to uh, oh, hang well, out we'll, with you. We'll, we'll meet in New York City. Hopefully we'll get some pictures <laughs> again and that kind of stuff too. We've been doing I know. great video blogs and stuff with different organizations and different webinars and things, but nothing beats an in-person uh, talk around a bar, drinking a beer or a cup of coffee. Or so. <laughs> By the salt water with the oysters, right? Oh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love you guys. Thank you so much for sharing your story and congratulations on the new space and best wishes for a great holiday until the solstice and then a restful holiday week. Okay. Okay. Take so. care. Bye-bye. Thanks so much for joining us today. You'll be able to watch the replay video along with and find the downloadable podcast link in today's show notes for episode 536 at deborahprinzing.com. There I'll also include more photos of Polly's design work and a link to that 2013 podcast episode. You'll want to go back and listen to our earlier conversation, which will bring Polly and Mike's inspiring story into further focus. Well, there's just two more weeks to take advantage of the early bird pricing for attending the Slow Flower Summit, our fifth gathering, which takes place June 26th through 28th, 2022. You can find all the details at slowflowersummit.com. And if you act now and register before the end of December, you'll receive the lowest price ever, $749 if you're a Slow Flowers member. Registration to the three-day event includes breakfasts, lunches, refreshments, and an opening day welcome cocktail party reception. Here's what a few of our past attendees shared about the Slow Flower Summit. The Slow Flower Summit is such a well-curated, unique experience filled with such meaningful and important conversations, ideas, and connections. I plan to continue to attend each year. I would definitely recommend attending the Slow Flowers Summit and joining the Slow Flowers Society. The content is unbeatable and presentations amazing and inspirational. Always some practical takeaway. The 2021 Slow Flowers Summit was pure fuel for the creative mind, so encouraging to pursue more sustainable business practices, collaboration, and floral experimentation. The summit is a treasure trove and will continue to boost my work throughout the year. Well, those are just a few of the wonderful raves we received for this past year's event, and I can promise that our 2022 venues and programming will be equally rave-worthy. We'd love you to join us. You can add the exclusive farm-to-table culinary experience of dinner at Blue Hill Restaurant to your summit registration for an additional savings. You can find all the details at slowflowersummit.com and we will share the links in today's show notes. Our next sponsor thank you goes to Rooted Farmers. Rooted Farmers works exclusively with local growers to put the highest quality specialty cut flowers in floral customers' hands. When you partner with Rooted Farmers, you are investing in your community and you can expect a commitment to excellence in return. Learn more at rootedfarmers.com. 
Our final thanks goes to Johnny's Selected Seeds, an employee-owned company that provides our industry the best flower, herb, and vegetable seeds supplied to farms large and small, and even to backyard cutting gardens like mine. Find the full catalog of flower seeds and bulbs at johnnysseeds.com. Thanks so much for joining us today. The Slow Flowers Podcast is a member-supported endeavor, downloaded more than 795,000 times by listeners like you. Thank you for listening, commenting, and sharing. It means so much. As our movement gains more supporters and more passionate participants who believe in the importance of our domestic cut flower industry, the momentum is contagious. I know you feel it too. If you're new to our weekly show and our long-running podcast, check out all our resources at slowflowersociety.com and consider making a donation to sustain Slow Flowers' ongoing advocacy, education, and outreach activities. You can find the donate button in the column to the right at deborahprinzing.com. I'm Deborah Prinzing, host and producer of The Slow Flowers Show and The Slow Flowers Podcast. Next week, you're invited to join me in putting more slow flowers on the table, one stem, one vase at a time. The content and opinions expressed here are either mine alone or those of my guests alone, independent of any podcast sponsor, company, or organization. The Slow Flowers Podcast is engineered and edited by Andrew Brenlin. You can learn more about Andrew's work at soundbodymovement.com. Mm-hmm.